The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Bet on your favorite games like CSGO, Dota 2, and League of Legends and earn Unicorns through successful bets or use Unicorn's exclusive Connect program where you can earn Unicorns just by playing some of your favorite games. Use your earnings to enter Unicorn's raffles for exciting prizes like Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins. So join Chase and Walter and prove who really is the esports gambling expert. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Hello, Internet. This is the recently haircutted Walter Ciades Fedchuk bringing you another edition of the Rough Drafts Guest the Lines podcast. It is week three of the European LCS. We had eight games last week. We had six games the week before. We have six games this week. I really, 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 really hate the European scheduling system. God, it is awful it really irritates me and sharing this irritation with me is my good friend and co-host chase red shirt king wassenaar chase as a fellow degenerate gambler you have to agree that this ping-ponging back and forth of how many games a week and the matchups and everything has got to it's got to kind of curdle your gourd it's look group stages are the worst thing that might have ever happened to uh gambling just because the way we get value is because we don't see these teams necessarily interact with each other within such a small period of time so we have these groups now where we've seen these five teams permutate in almost every way possible it's Pretty clear now who was in what spot in the group. Seven out of eight favorites won last week. The casinos are on top of these things. It's pretty clear where the power lies within the region. And I think that as we go forward, it's not going to be until we get intergroup play that things kind of deviate from there. But, you know, who knows? We've got six games this week. It's a a lighter week. We're going to keep alternating that way throughout the rest of the season because... Even when we decide to give uh, Europe best of threes, we have to ensure they have fewer games in North America. That's just a thing Riot does. I, it's it's interesting. I'm not sure it's quite played out the way that uh, we would have hoped, but, you know, we won't really know until weeks 8 through 10 where we get to see whether the closeness of these groups and these divides maybe come down as we move forward. And to be fair here, the one underdog that won was Unicorns of Love yeah. over H2K. Which we so called it's... on this podcast, for the record. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's be honest. That that game honestly should have been even odds in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that, that was third, a second week of European League of Legends. And we did this last week, so Chase, I want to bring it up again so we make it a reoccurring sort of segment. Uh, give me, give me your high for the week. What, what made you feel good about last week in Europe? Oh man, I'm so happy now that I've embraced the rainbow in my life. It just, (laughs) it adds a special sense of joy and wonder to my day that 
I would not have if I was just a Rockat fan like I was last split. I get to watch Xerxes do his rumble thing. I get to see Zack pop off out of nowhere. I get to watch, I mean, he's just been a joy. I get to watch uh, Exile do Exile things on Katarina. I get to watch Hillisang continue to, you know, make big plays and somehow f- survive just long enough so that they could turn the big team fight around and win series off of it. Uh, with that that amazing Shen Stand United, uh, it it's one of those things where we, this was a huge series for them. They were playing against an H2K team that was a very good team in Week One and still looked like a very good team this week. And Unicorns of Love rose to the occasion. They've proven that they can hang with the big guys. And now, I mean, sky's the limit for them. Their their potential is certainly uh, you know finals contention. Uh, and I want to and I want to see if they can get there. Absolutely. I'll, I'll point out, uh, I love the Rumble. I love the people who are playing Rumble Jungle. It is one of my guiltiest of guilty pleasures of picks to play so far to the point that my friends don't want me to play it because they're like, yeah, you do damage, but you don't do anything else. And I'm like, I don't care. It's Rumble in the Jungle. It's amazing. I get to burn things. And, <laughs> yes. uh, and the other point you made, Exile and Katarina. Mm-hmm. Exile is the only Katarina player that actually impresses me. In, in the West, like, we've seen Jensen's was pretty good. We've seen Bjergsen play it. Like, we've seen a bunch of other people, like, pick it up. Exile's been really the only one that I've, like, watched. I've been like, this kid knows what he's doing on this champion. It doesn't feel like a, like, it, when Bjergsen picked it, it kind of felt like a, okay, I need to carry somehow. Let's pick Katarina. Let's see how this goes. Right. Like, it really feels like Exile has... A, a mastery of the champion, and I say the West because Faker knows how to play everything, and his Katarina <laughs> games have looked like phenomenal. Yes. Uh, for me, we're gonna we're gonna have a little bit of a disparity here, Chase, because for me, I'm I'm pretty high on Misfits. I was higher than them, uh, hi- higher on them than you were uh, in the off season. I felt pretty good about them, mm-hmm. and despite the fact that in week one they were not the most impressive thing, I saw a lot to be excited about in their series against G2. Uh, we saw Alfari really, you know, stand up to expect and say, I'm a better top laner than you, you know, nine times out of 10, there'll be that one game that expect does look really, really good uh, where they put a lot of attention into him. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Kakao, not on the level of trick, but it didn't look like he was that far behind. He still has a lot of moments where I'm kind of like, what is your pathing here? Yeah. Why are you there? Like I, I just just weird things. Um, Power of Evil has looked like the guy who played in the promotion tournament. He looks good. Yes. Like I'm I'm actually impressed by him. He is he has gotten back to my like, okay, you're 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 a decent mid laner. I can deal with you being on this team. Han Sama, I don't think we're gonna see the full extent of, of his abilities just in this meta. Unfortunately, this is not a very high mechanical meta. This is not a very high let-me-1v1 outplay meta. It's Ash and Jin and Varus and Caitlyn. Which is funny, because he's still the most mentioned guy in my notes. He's been He's been great. I mean... He, he's been fantastic, but I, I think there's another level to him that we are not allowed to see in competitive play just because of the, the AD carry meta pool. Mm-hmm. When we get him on to Lucian, when we get him on to Vayne, you get him onto those kind of high mechanical, you know, fight in lane kind of champions, that's really where he's going to shine. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, 
one of my candidates for MVP two weeks in is Ignar. Hmm. Ignar is fabulous. Yes. He makes so many plays. And even with the limited playmaking potential of the AD carry position, he's like, I'm going to play Thresh and it doesn't matter. We'll still kill you at level three. Like, hook, play, done. Like, the amount of pressure that he's able to put on in laning phase with the the meta with the meta champions and even going to something like Thresh, which is popping up here and there, but he's not really, you know, one of the core meta every support plays this champion. Right. And then just in team fights, the ability to roam around the map, he right now has been the thing that's making Misfits run and making all these pieces sort of fit together. And for every bad cacao play, there's been an Ignar play that's been equally as good. To sort of cancel that out. So mm-hmm. I'm very excited to continue watching this team grow. Let's not forget, they're still a young team. They replaced two players in the offseason. Uh, so their their stock is on the up for me. And with every up, must come a down. Just like every brilliant Ignar play must have a terrible cacao play. Chase, what was your terrible cacao play of week two? Look, I... You know, I understand that I only get to pull this card so many times a split, but as a Rockat fan, I get to say that this is a disappointing team. This is this is terrible. I hate this. I I hate watching Faxi put out good uh, good games almost every game and just have it completely wasted. I hate seeing Maxlor have the gall to bring out Nocturne and then do nothing with it. I hate that Wadid at one point was leading the team in damage 30 minutes in. That's kind of insane. I hate that. You know what? I deserve every bad Hjarnin game that comes my way because for years I told Vitality and, and every other team he played for, oh, it's Yarden, he cleans up in team fights. It's not that bad. I don't know why people are complaining. Well, now he's my AD carry. I know why people were complaining. I, I none of this is working. Uh, none of this is is going the way that it's supposed to. And he grabs is really screwing up and pick and ban as well. And as much as I would love to say that I believe Rocket when they go into the Reddit comments and say we're getting better every week, guys. We're just a few decisions away. No. You're not a few decisions away. You're a lot of decisions away. Every once in a while, you get lucky enough that it's only one or two bad ones that ruin everything. But this is not a good team. These are not good decisions. These are not cohesive plays. And I just, it just breaks my heart. It's just ugly game after ugly game. And it's to the point where even social media hates us. It's like, we haven't offended anybody. Who hates Rocket? Well, your, your existence on the Rift is offensive to people. Yeah. And honestly, watching Rocket, I'm going to steal this from our friend Sean O'Connor from the Unicorns of Love International Fan Club. Yeah. Watching Rocket and watching the tower dive between Shed and Nocturne, it was like watching a train wreck in slow motion. And then it falls off of a cliff into a nuclear power plant below. It was glorious. <laughs> I think that just sums up Rocket as a whole. And, and one of the problems I have with Rocket is that who's their carry? What's a who's carry? Who's the number one guy? <laughs> who's, who's the number one guy on this team? Are you supposed to have one of those? Man, damn. Typically you are. <laughs> Typically teams that don't have number one guys, they either um, you know, breed one into a number one guy, like the Boston Celtics, or they trade for another number one guy. Kind of like the Boston Celtics getting Isaiah Thomas. Like at some point you look at your pieces and go, I need someone that I can hand the ball to in crunch time that's gonna get me a win. And I, I love Betsy. He's not that guy. No. 
maybe Faxi can be that guy, but it's so inconsistent that it's like, sure, you have that one, you know, one 10 minute stretch of a game where he like scores eight points and gets a steal and a block and two rebounds. And then the next minute he's tripping over the ball and his shoe comes untied and he like bashes his head into the, the truncheon that's holding up the basket. Like, <laughs> and then the rest of the team is, there's, there's no carry on this team. There's no guy that I can definitively look to and go, this guy is going to be the guy, and this is what's going to go to my low point. Rocket and Vitality need to trade some players here. Because <laughs> Vitality has too many people that can carry, and the too many knuckleheads theory is in full effect on Vitality. I don't care they too old Origin. Origin looked for, like, half of that series that they could win both of those games. Yeah. Let's not kid ourselves here. That was a bad Vitality. That was a bad win for Vitality. Mm-hmm. And to even criticize them further... Splice gave them a beatdown of epic proportions. I quick shot was saying it, they're saying it on the broadcast. Vitality just gave up. Yeah. Vitality rolled over and they didn't care whether they lost. They're like, eh, eh. It's disaffected French person accent. Like they just didn't care. And I hate that out of competitors. I hate that. Yeah. You should be fighting tooth and nail to the very last second. This is why we don't see surrenders anymore. Like, Riot didn't want to see surrenders, and both of those splice games probably would have been surrendered at the 25-minute mark if they could have. Mm-hmm. Vitality looks abysmal, and I am so disappointed in myself. I, am, I look back at past Walter, and I go back and I watch our EU prediction show, and I go, you poor fool. You poor idiotic fool. You had no idea. You had no idea that, that you know, this, this wasp, this bee you thought was going to be terrorizing – is already dead. You sprayed it with raid. Its hive is empty. It's just, I'm so disappointed in past Walter. I mean, I'm still waiting for a uh, nuke duck to show a pulse. We'll get, the, we'll start there <laughs> and then we'll try to move on towards actual good play from vitality. I, you're not going to find an argument from me. I, I thought that was a, a, you know, there was a great moment where it was Hachani versus wisdom and the, who could die in the dumbest way competition. <laughs> and that was entertaining. But it's not necessarily a positive sign when the most entertaining thing about your series is which one of you is going to screw up in the most hilarious fashion. That's just not a great sign moving forward. Well, you know what else we screwed up, Chase? We screwed up last week in Europe. Yeah. So we took Unicorns of Love over H2K as a smart money bet. That was genius. Yes. That was intelligent. So we made 160 bucks on that. And then we lost <laughs> our two bets on Sunday. Remind me. Why did we pick Orion and Rocket to, to both win their games? I, you know, we said it at the time too. You listened back and we said, this is probably a bad idea, but there's no value anywhere else. So we'll go with it. I don't, look, I don't know what you guys want from us. Seven out of eight favorites won. You're not going to find value in that kind of situation. I, I guess maybe the answer is we just need to look for more two O's. I mean, they, that's just the way we're going to have to go. Uh, for now, I can at least say we made the money in North America. So hopefully you're listening to both episodes. Otherwise, we're going to try to come up with two bets for you out of these six games. We're, we're going like, to... Like, like 100 bucks in the hole right now in Europe. We're, we're 60 bucks. Back. Only 60, 60 bucks. After two 60. weeks, and we've gone two and three overall, that's not bad. Those Our wins have been good wins. We just... We need a couple more underdogs to come through. It just is a shame that our underdogs are... Terrible teams as a general rule. That's not going to happen, but I, I will say it seems like uh, we're, we're going to go into our first game yes. of, of the week here. 
And I will say, it does seem like the casinos are continuing to sort of not see Unicorns of Love as a viable threat. <sighs> hint, hint, hint. But Chase, when we look at this, Unicorns of Love had a fantastic, uh, fantastic week, too. They beat up on Orion. Game one, it was a little closer than it should have been. But they beat up on them in game two. Mm-hmm. Uh, they showed that their their late game decision-making in macro can overcome sort of a, a weak early game. Mm-hmm. Kind of miserable early game, to be fair. They don't look good in the early game. And no. Wisdom was really able to get out ahead. But then the H2K series, we had one really good Unicorns of Love game. One really good H2K game, and then half of a really good H2K game, they got finished by half of a really good Unicorns of Love game. <laughs> so I'm still, I, I'm still impressed by them, and, and I thought that the tenacity that they showed in the third game of that H2 game, uh, H2K series was really impressive. So you already spoke a little bit about Unicorns of Love. How about we talk about Splice, then? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, yeah, as far as Unicorns of Love's early game goes, just to touch on that real quick, uh, it's a problem. It's a concern. I, I think they get away with it because in the mid to late game, they have such decisive decision making. You know, they see a play and they go for it and they never look back. And that's something that you're going to need against a team as good as Splice's because Splice is a team that understands macro play. <laughs> I, I wouldn't quite call this a bounce back week for Splice. I think that's something that a lot of people are rushing to give them because we want to get Splice back to where we saw them before. It's like, oh, well, you know, see, they can beat, uh, you know, a team. We're, they're, they're fine. Everything's fine. I'm not so sure that everything is fine. I think that, I, you know, I love... Mordekaiser. I love good cheese, man. I Gouda, cheddar, oh. I'm all in. You can see me. I'm a big so dude. Cheese is de- it's delicious. But so the thing about cheese is it's not really healthy for you. And it's not something that you can necessarily trust in the long run if you keep it out uh, you know, out of the fridge for too long. I don't think that that's enough to convince me that Splice is back. And game one was not necessarily a great game. They had a huge lead. They snowballed the landing phase, but it took them quite a while to close. Mm-hmm. And when you're having these these issues closing, we point to that and we say, this is a team that doesn't quite understand where the macro is right now. They're not the ones that are, are making the decisions, or if they are making decisions, they're making rushed decisions. They're panicking and trying to take barons before they absolutely need to and not really focusing on the vision game as much it's it's nerves it's antsiness and that's not what i want to see from a team that has to go up against such a tough opponent in unicorns of love a team that seems to be firing on all cylinders when it comes to mid to late game decision making this is going to be a really difficult matchup for splice they're going to have to prove that they can do something different than we've seen Basically, all split from them, which, to be fair, is only two series. And this is the ultimate problem with Splice, is that we don't really know how they perform against a super awesome team. They have, you know, their two biggest, you know, they have two big matchups this week that are going to give us a better idea of it. But beating Vitality, eh, is is that the thing that's going to bring us all back into the pasture? I don't think so. I think they're going to have to really prove it this week, and... I'm not sure how they're going to do that. I, I don't. I don't. I, I agree with you that I don't think this immediately says, "Oh yeah, Splice, they're you know they're one of the better teams in this group." I think we all knew that Unicorns of Love, H2K, and Splice were going to be really beating on each other, and that getting out of this group number one was going to be a big deal. Yes. It was going to be tough to do. 
we've had all three teams play against each other, or, you know, in some sort of circle. We've had Splice lose to H2K, and we've had H2K lose to Unicorns of Love. Mm-hmm. This, I think, is the moment where Unicorns of Love could potentially separate themselves. They play each other twice. Right. So being up one nothing in this series, you know, in the season series already is going to be massive for them. And if they're up on both of these teams, then Unicorns of Love is almost a lock for, like, you know, they've locked themselves into the playoffs, essentially. Yeah. There's, there's very few chances that other teams will be able to, uh, to knock them off that perch. They'll be playing against uh, the, the fourth team this week. They, you know, this will be the end of the first kind of go round uh, against every team in their uh, in their group, and I think that's a big deal. If you know, unicorns of love come out of this four and zero, that that almost pencils it in. They're up one zero on everyone else. They're going to at least force a tiebreaker scenario for that three seed, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I think that I think that seals it. Uh, Splice, they really need this to try and keep up because having that number one seed is going to be massive because then you won't be playing against G2 in the semifinals. You'll, you won't have to play against G2 until the, until the final finals, which will be massively helpful. We always talk about one and two seeds on being on opposite sides of the bracket. Yeah. So this is a very, very important game to Splice, not only for the reasons you're saying, yeah, they beat Vitality, but they haven't beaten anyone of consequence. Um, they get Orient later on in the week, which... It's probably more of a Vitality-esque, like, if they win, it's not all that impressive. Mm -hmm. If they play this series close, like, the Vitality series was an improvement. It shows that Splice is improving compared to week one. It is, you know, makes me feel better about them. If they come out and it gets Unicorns of Love, they're scrappy. It's a three-game series. All three games are sort of close. They have their moments. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I'll feel, you know, it'll just be continuing my feelings for Splice growing. Uh, as opposed to if they come out and they look like the team against HUK, then I'll be, you know, severely, severely worried about this roster. Chase, I've seen the lines. Mm-hmm. So I'm severely, severely worried about Unicorn's uh, algorithm and their ability to actually function as a gambling site. <laughs> uh, but where do you think the line is before I totally diminish any the hopes that you have of making money this week? Oh man, this is a this is a great sign going into this. Well, you look, I looked at it this way. Splice are a team that I'd like to believe get back to where they were. They haven't shown me that they're that team yet. I really didn't like that they had to rely on that cheese to get through their series against Vitality. Um, I think that Unicorns of Love should be the favorites in this game. They've shown that they are right now a top two team in Europe, and and other teams are going to have to rise to their level if they're going to unseat them. I had it at Unicorns of Love minus 150 because I, I think it's still, you know, people tend to give Unicorns of Love a little bit of a hard time. So I oh, think they're going to have to earn it. Oh, no. Oh, you simpleton. Oh, this is not You simple. Oh, you, you, you know, they're, they're, if anybody was watching, uh, watching the Royal Rumble, AJ Styles and C, uh, John Cena been fighting each other for the, uh, the WWE World Championship. Uh, last Monday, they had this tense back and forth Mike battle against each other where John Cena called AJ Styles just some guy from Georgia and Chase you're just some guy from Georgia I said unicorns of love minus 250 it's even fine okay I mean we'll take Splice and unicorns of love are even I'm not sure why you're so surprised by that line I mean I'll take the win Um... one team is 3-0 and has looked incredible the other team 
Not so much. I mean, welcome to Unicorns of Love and gambling sites. There's something about whether it's just the brand or whether it's the chaos style that really just defined them early on that people haven't let go. They couldn't choose. They can't make them underdogs and they can't give me splice underdog odds to maybe pull off the, like... Oh, look, Unicorns of Love at even odds, that's a smart money bet. That's value all day. I can't believe that we're getting value on Unicorns of Love at all. They should be have you know they should be sizable favorites in this spice hasn't beaten anyone good yet and they did look great in their series in which they did win even, why even odds here means minus 114 yeah i'll even take minus 114 any day of the week with uh over the when we with these versions of the teams that. you make oh come on we see this is our problem when we go for nothing but value bets is minus know. 114 stops looking like value. Anything under minus 150 for this when, game was going to be seven value. out of eight favorites win. Yeah, minus 114 does look like value. You're absolutely correct. Yeah, uh, I don't like it. It sucks. I wish they'd go one way or the other so I could at least actually have more value on one of them. But hey, whatever. <laughs> That's their algorithm. Moving on. Fanatic versus Misfits. Uh, again. Uh, Misfits are two and one in Group A. Fanatic are one and one. They've only played one series. Uh, Misfits coming off of an encouraging week, I think last week for me. Um, Fanatic had some trouble with Giants. Let's be honest about it. Yeah. So, what about that matchup? So I look at it. I'm a little bit more worried about Fanatic here. So, why why are those worries justified? Or am I just kind of like? Am I just worrying too much about one loss to Giants? I think you're worrying too much about one loss to Giants, especially the way that Giants won. It was very clearly a snowball. Um, <laughs> they just got going early. The, the Alawi was maybe a little bit ambitious from Soaz. Uh, if I was to criticize Fnatic, the two things I point to right off the top, it's Soaz and it's amazing. The two guys that came from Origin that we had question marks about because they didn't look great there. It's been a bit of a mixed bag. Amazing still doesn't look like he's back up to full strength yet. I wouldn't say that he's blowing me away with anything he's doing in that regard. Um, I think that Soaz has had some good games. He's had some bad games. He's, he's, he is Soaz. He is the epitome of you take what you get and you understand that there's going to be some bad with the good. And you just that's just the cost of doing business with Soaz. Um, but the thing about Fnatic that gives me a lot of reason to be hopeful is that their macro play has been excellent. Uh, their wave management, even in losses, was brilliant. They got pretty clearly snowballed by Giants in game one, but they were still even in towers because of how well they were pressuring waves and switching uh, where they should be focusing and keeping so Giants off their toes. That's so, so as for you. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's it's so as, but it's also just understanding the, the game itself. You know, some of that's got to go to Reckless, who's, you know, been playing for forever and has looked great. Uh, Jez's has performed better than I expected. Uh, I really love what we're seeing from Caps. He looks like a guy that absolutely deserves to, so, you know, be in that next. So here's a pause. Round. Here's a pause since you bring up Caps. Okay. Are we worried Baby Faker is going to pull an Eddie Curry? No, not no. yet. Not yet. Not yet. I, I look. I, I like what I'm seeing from Caps as a general rule. I, I think that. I don't like the nickname. That's the. I hear Baby something, and I'm just like, oh yeah. boy. No, it's I hope he doesn't show up to trading camp 40 pounds overweight and can't run the length of the fort. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, look, there's an attitude problem with him that uh, everyone wants to pretend isn't happening. 
Uh, the guy, you know, he does the thing where he like recalls in front of the base over and over and starts spamming things inside. You know, it's all those kind of little BM things that yeah. when they kind of build up when you hear that plus the stories of off the rift and the, you know, the death note meme about wanting, you know, I can end your career, you know, because I'm in the LCS. Like it paints this picture of a guy who I would not necessarily trust if it wasn't the Fnatic system. I trust Fnatic to keep those kind of things in-house. That's what they do as an organization. They've managed to keep, you know, plenty of guys in their organization, you know, who had those kind of spots on their resume and, and do just fine with them. I, I think the Caps is going to be fine until further notice. I, I'm, I mean, I like what I'm seeing from him on the Rift, and that's all I can point to right now, is that he was very consistent in the entire series. And even in the loss to Giants, he was the one putting pressure in the mid lane on the Knight, and Knight had to react and kind of counter what he was <laughs> doing. So he's done a great job dictating the pace. And this is why I'm, I'm really excited for Fnatic, particularly in this series, because they are good at dictating the pace against a team in Misfits who... I like to define as the anti-unicorns of love. Uh, their whole goal is they, they, they get the uh, 2016 Spring Vitality Award for being the most boring winning team to watch because their whole plan is to wait until the enemy makes a mistake to make a decision. That's what they do. They, they have no play oh, after the early game. That to close things out, it takes forever for them to finally make a move. And it was so easy for G2 to just neutralize them by saying, okay, we're going to make the early game as boring as possible. No kills, first 17 minutes, come up with a second way to beat us. And Misfits looked at that and said, see you next week. We're going home. That's not, <laughs> there's no point here. We, we have no other plan. They either snowball the early game or they lose, which, you know, when you're playing Giants or Rockat, that's fine. You're going to snowball the early game because those are bad teams as a general rule. Okay. But against G2, it was so easy to pick them apart. It took one game, and it was a game in which they gave away a LeBlanc, and LeBlanc got five kills in the first ten minutes, and it still took 34 more minutes to close the game! It should have taken 34 whole minutes to close the game! How does this happen? How are you so bad at making simple macro decisions? But you know what? It, it's, it's the plan. This is how the system is built. I've seen this before. They genuinely believe this is the gamble that they take. Unicorns of Love gamble on themselves and say, we're going to make all these decisions and some of them are going to be bad decisions and they're not going to work but as long as right. we're dictating the pace we're going to make more bad good decisions than bad and we're going to be a good team Correct. misfits will just sit back and assume at some point the enemy will make a mistake and as long as they do we will be able to take advantage of it and teams that are as good at macro play as a g2 is and as I think Fnatic is, at least when it comes to wave management and putting pressure on uh, on multiple lanes at the same time and really not giving away huge early game advantages, I find it hard to believe the Misfits is going to, uh, to pull off the series. I think they can take one. I think that Fnatic's early game has enough holes in it where, you know, Misfits will have a game where they're just so far ahead that it doesn't matter. But I don't see any sign that Misfits are going to win the mid to late game as it stands against a team as good as Fnatic is. I, I agree with all those things. So Chase, where do you think the line is? Uh, I have the line at Fnatic minus 180. You're just a guy from Georgia. <laughs> I had the line Fnatic minus 200. It's even. <laughs> what? 
Even. Wait. Okay. We don't need to do the rest of the show. It's a two-team teaser. Unicorns of Love Fanatic. That's all we have to do. We're hey. Good night, everybody. Yay, yeah. I'm serious. It's even. I, look. It's even. I uh, I understand <laughs> with Splice and Unicorns of Love, right? We have trepidation about unicorns. We always have to, right? At least Ibex and Zerks are young. I, and Splice was really good last split. I can kind of see it. Like, if you look at it sideways, I can kind of see it. Um, I don't know what misfits have done to earn that kind of respect shout out to them um i i mean we give the unicorn so much crap for not adjusting for fly quest properly but apparently they can adjust for misfits just fine so i don't know where this is coming from or what what they're seeing that has them so convinced but sure you know let's let's give it a oh. shot i would love for misfits oh. to exceed my expectations oh. Oh, Misfits isn't winning this series. I don't think they are either, but look, I mean, I'm trying not to... I, I get again, there's something to be said about So As and Amazing have made mistakes. If they have a sloppy series, I think Misfits are good enough to take advantage of it. Uh, I really like what Power of Evil and Ignar are doing. Um, they can make some plays. I just... Whew, that's a weird. It's a weird line. I think. Uh, I think that's safe to say. We should move forward. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. So, so Chase, Chase is Chase is up two zero on me because of two awful even lines. <laughs> just, just awful. Speaking of awful, Vitality versus H two K. Okay. Speaking of awful. Yeah. Vitality is pretty awful. It's not good as a whole. They're individually, they're all talented players. Individually. They're all talented players. I'm I'm done with this whole Cabochard and Nuke Duck thing. I don't know if they. I don't know when the last that, time they that, were really good. That's what I'm gonna say. Individually, they're all exceptionally talented players, and none of it works together. None of it. I'm not sure individually Period. though. Like, what is Nuke Duck doing for this team? What is Nuke Duck actively doing in a game situation to advance his team's win condition? I don't know. I can't come up with anything. Signing into the client and being a fifth body. That's, ex I guess that's something. You got, but it is a bad sign when people are making jokes about, man, Senkux's ghost uh, Katarina did more damage than uh, Nuke Duck's <laughs> actual Katarina. And I had to look it up because I wasn't sure if it was a joke. I genuinely had to double check and make sure that wasn't the case. To which I said, this is a lot closer than it should have been. This is way closer that it should be. I shouldn't have to ask these questions. I mean, look, uh, Hachani just looks bad. Um, his positioning is terrible. Uh, he has a couple plays in lane, you know, every once in a while he'll do something kind of interesting in lane, but I mean, just anytime he goes to ward, you just assume that there's a 50-50 shot he doesn't come back. I Joko had one good game so far, this whole split, and it was against Origin, and it was alright. Um... That's not really filling me with a ton of confidence. Yeah, that's and, true. And, and Cabochard, I don't know when Cabochard, you know, made this switch. And I think he did it so quietly that we didn't notice. But when was the last time Cabochard was really good? And I don't mean like, you know, he had a, you know, an okay game here and there. I mean, like, game in, game out, you had to be afraid of what Cabochard was doing. Because I think you've got to go back Darius to Darius Jack's meta. Yeah. Like last spring, yeah. That's not a good sign. I Last mean, this... spring regular season, when they hit the playoffs, he was off. Yeah. 
I mean, this is this is Steelback versus the World right now, and that's look. I I was watching the Steelback versus the World team last split. It's not where you want to be, guys. It's really it's not as much fun as it looks, and it doesn't look all <laughs> that know, fun. Steelback right is now. going Cabo shot. Oh crap! It's not Cabo shot. It's freaking. <laughs> what was his name? I don't remember his top oh, lane. Are, Parang? Parang. Parang. Oh, boy. Kabushar takes off his mask. It's really Parang underneath. Oh, Shani is raised. By God, that's <laughs> Raze's music. Yeah, I don't know. Rockhead all over again. God. I, you yeah, know what? Noah... Nope, I don't. I don't feel badly for uh, for Steelback though. He signed that contract with Vitality before any other moves were locked yep. in. This is what you get, man. I I mean, you, you get what you signed for. H two K on the other hand, they're getting yeah, they're getting uh, exactly what they signed up for, which is a really fun team. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where I. You know, this, they played a very good Unicorns of Love team. I thought both teams played very well. I think it's the best series we've seen in Europe to date. Um, I I think that Yankos, when he's kept down, it really affects their pace of play. Uh, they really love to play while ahead. When they're ahead, they'll make a ton of decisions and they'll start picking fights and, and you know, ganking heavily and, and really trying to snowball these leads. They're very good at playing with a lead. Yes. Uh, playing from behind is much more of a mixed bag. Their wave management is very solid. Um, it's the kind of macro decisions is that you're looking for as a baseline of a good team. If you really want to tell the difference between a good team and a bad team, look at wave management. Good teams know how to make sure all three lanes are are do, you know moving in the way they want. And bad teams, it's kind of slapdash all over the place. Just fun, you know, little thing to note for when you're watching this week. Uh, they They do all the things that you want them to do. Their team fighting just wasn't as good as Unicorns of Love. Uh, that's not going to matter against Vitality, mind you. Vitality's team fighting is way, way worse than anything H2K was putting out there. Yeah. But there is something to be said about, you know, Odawamne gets has gotten a little bit greedy. His teleports haven't been exactly what they need to be. Uh, I, I think that Yankos can be kept down. I think it's very hard to do, but we've now seen that it, it can happen. Yeah, but Joko's not going to do that. But Joko's not the guy to do that. And GBM yeah. sure as heck isn't going to do that. Oh my god. Like, this is, I mean, it, it kind of has to happen at some point, can right? Can we say Yankos is the single most important person on H2K? Yes. Okay. Every, you know, and for He's the record, one. I'm saying that with the, with the knowledge that Fabiven has played significantly better than he did last split. Yes. Yeah, I really like what I'm seeing from Fabiven. But Yanko, Yankos is their primary carry. And, and he is the guy that dictates the entire pace of the game for them. When he is ahead, they are aggressive and they keep being ahead. When they are behind, they feel a need to kind of retract within themselves. And then they are at the, you know, at the mercy of whoever does want to dictate the pace. And yeah. these are the mid to late game issues that we've noted for H2K for a while now. Um, but they're you know, clearly doing enough uh, with, you know, putting Yankos in an ability where he can more often than not, be dictating the pace of the game. They they know who they should be playing through, and I think they've done a very good job of balancing the resources accordingly. It's just a, a balanced team that should uh, completely smack around a team like Vitality. I have the line at minus 400. Would you say it's new clearly? <laughs> you said H2K minus 400. I said H2K minus 450. It is H2K minus 312. Interesting. Um, it's a, yeah, a little I mean, lower than I thought. What's the I, line for Vitality there? I guess it's interesting. Uh, Vitality is plus 225. What are the odds that uh, 
that H2K gets a 2-0. I hate to do this to you on the spot. Plus 115. Plus 115? That's that's something I wanna I might want to come back to. Yeah, that's you. We're, we were looking at it and I was like, that might be a two O series. Then it should be a two O series unless H two K out you know outplay themselves. This should be a two O series. Here's the thing though, we've already done two two Os this year and uh, they haven't panned out. Shh, that happened in NA. They don't know about it here, Walter. Oh, no, I, I mean. <laughs> We've done two two O's and they haven't panned out yet, so I uh, just want to I want to breathe you know breathe some caution on on us going two and O. Uh, do we really need to talk about Giants G two? Is there anything we want to talk about here? Uh, one of these is a League of Legends team, and the other is uh, is Giants Gaming. I I don't know, man. I I want to say one thing, and I'm just. Okay. I have to, to read this out. I, I did this last week, but when there's a truly wonderful play, I have to make note of it. Uh, Knight, at the 10th minute in Game 3 uh, against Fnatic, he has this incredible escape at the 10th minute. He's caught in the jungle, flashes over the, I believe it was the raptor wall, and then ults in the opposite direction in order to make an escape as Talia. It was a pure, like, Allen Iverson breaking your ankles kind of play. I loved everything about it. Uh, he's shown a lot of cleverness and how he does the path. Yeah, he's a really, he's really. It's a, that's a. I was gonna say, I was gonna say mellow on the like oh oh three to oh six mellow on the Nuggets, where it's just him and no one else around him. But I like the Iverson comparison better. Yeah, it it I is. I really like that one. And it's it's Iverson to the full extent of. You know, it's, it's, we play through him or bust, which is funny because I actually like what Memento's been doing. Uh, for whatever reason, we've just decided he gets all the Baron steals. Just all of them. You can have them. No one else is going to try to uh, to prevent you from stealing these Barons, Memento. I don't know how you have four of them within two H- weeks. Hustlin is turning into his Jalen Rose. Oh, God. Hustlin. <laughs> his positioning is really concerning to me. Uh, Man, Flashes' if, champion if ever... pool is very concerning to me. Hiku's uh, decision to realm warp was pretty interesting to me. Hiku has he's fine. Not a not a lot of brain cells. His uh, his decision making is pretty pretty horrendous. I I genuinely couldn't tell if that was an accident or not. I'd like to believe that it was. All I'd like to believe it was an accident. I, <laughs> I would like to believe that uh, we're not going to gamble at this game. No, Chase G two minus six hundred. Yeah, G2 minus 500. You're just a guy from Georgia. It's G2 minus 1,000. Oh, boy. Yeah, we're not even playing anymore. No no need to pretend. Yeah, no need to pretend. Uh, that's Giants at plus 550. I'm not interested. No. No. I'm not even sh- Like, I know this is my job to watch games and everything, but uh, that's going to be rough. This is... The only thing that would be worse is G2 Rocket. Oh, wait, I already saw that. It was as bad as I thought it would be. Let's just move on. Orion versus Splice. Yes. Orion is like, I feel like they're one one good call away from beating someone. Sure. And like, I appreciate your optimism, man. I, I, I just, there's just something about them. The early game is pretty solid. Wisdom is wisdom is pretty good. Tabs has his moments where it's all sudden like, oh this yeah that's right like he was actually a good eighty carry for like three weeks like okay I'm uh, back in the alliance days like okay, um, uh, I mean Satorius is one eighth full man like it's look it's one sixteenth full we've got that going for us Satorius is pretty good I mean uh, I, look I when I, are we getting pack A. When are we getting Peke? We know Peke is going to start in the mid lane. When is when is Nehud getting benched? 
Uh, give it a week or two. We're 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 very close. I don't think, I think this. Four. I don't think this week is going to happen. But I think, I think week five. I think week five, five. we start seeing X Pac when, when they start playing against uh, the other group. Yeah, because right now they could just say like, "Hey, we're in a tough group, and it's early on, and we're still figuring things out." But if they get into the other group and they lose to someone like a Giants or a Rocket, it's gonna they're gonna come back down to earth and realize exactly how bad things are. And for the record. They're really bad. Um, you know, say what you will about Satorius and him being all right early, uh, late game. Uh, he has been a concern. And let's face it, several of their losses have come from the fact that Satorius tends to overextend. He's very confident in lane. They like to play through him as far as, you know, where they like to draft, what they like to first pick. They first picked a Jace this week, which, I mean, I didn't do my, my bad coaching decisions, but that one was a little questionable. That one was not so uh, so ideal, we'll say. And I didn't we'll, like. We'll, we'll agree to disagree on that. Jace is a very, very strong champion right now. Didn't really. Hasn't really worked out in the games that I've seen, at That's least in fair. Europe. It has That's not uh, translated into success the way that people are telling me that it should. But he's. I mean, he's had serious positioning issues. Wisdom has incredibly serious positioning issues. I have no idea what he's doing half the time on his ganks. I think maybe he just likes the color gray a lot. That's the closest thing I can come to of an understanding. Uh, Heva is not an LCS support. Ooh. Tabs is barely an LCS AD carry. Nahun is 0-23 in competitive play, and I'm, I'm pretty sure he can't play Cassiopeia based on a lot of their pick and ban. I don't, I don't know what you want from me, from me or this team. This is an 0-6 team. They are the only team left in Europe or North America that has yet to win a single map, and there's a good reason for it. And if ever there was a team that Splice, you know, needs a bounce-back win, let's get it going, Origin's the team you want to play in this situation. It is a, They are a bad team. They are a really ugly, really bad decisions just... Not fun team to watch. Yeah, let's un- let's get to zero twenty five, un- guys. Let's do it. Un- unfortunately for XPeke, this team is not, in fact, the best a man can get. <laughs> referencing his new Gillette sponsorship, Chase. Where do you think the line is? Well, first of all, I like that we breezed by the fact that I've officially won the week because I'm four zero right now. It just, I, I love that. Uh, <laughs> I had you are four zero. That's right. Yeah, I had splice yeah, minus uh, four hundred. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna go five and zero. Yay! This, this five and zero. I said splice minus three thirty three. It is splice minus five hundred. As as it should be. Um, just, origins just, plus what? Uh, origin is plus three thirty. Okay. And the splice, uh, they're favorites to two zero. Yeah, no, there's no value here. There's um, no value. But there was never gonna be. Splice should be that favorited. Um, even if they're the team that. They, you know, were, you know, a severely flawed team that just happens to, you know, know enough in order to beat a team like Vitality, that's going to be more enough to beat Origin. They understand yeah. the macro game. Origin doesn't yet. And it's very hard to win games when you don't know how to play to a win condition. That's just, it's a, it's a hard way to go. I, I would recommend not doing it that way. I, I would recommend not doing it too. Uh, and finally, the, the sixth game... I hate the scheduling chase. <laughs> I hate it. Uh, and now they're doing European Challenger Sunday mornings, so I really hate this. Uh, and something else that I hate is watching Rocket play video games. It's <laughs> awful. I, I they have ruined the one thing I liked about their team and Betsy, and I I just can't I can't watch it anymore. And they're against Fnatic. 
So I'm gonna I'm gonna drag the hopeful Rocket fan out of you one more time. What would Rocket have to do to win this series? Um, if Betsy had better than a 2.0 KDA, that would be nice. Uh, currently only better than Senkux and Nahoon, so that's not ideal from your you know main carry on the team. I look, I if you're gonna make a case for Rocket and some upside. You are going to make a case for Rocket. Let, let's, let's believe in the process for a moment here. Let's trust the process. Uh, Faxi is a good top laner. A lot of raw talent there. Uh, Soaz is a guy who can make mistakes because he is so aggressive and ambitious in a lot of his choices. So there's a chance you play around that. Uh, Betsy almost has to improve from here. Hjarnin has shown that he can play well at times. Uh, sure, it was a Sivir comp, and you have to put in the, the link meme, just a Sivir comp here. You hit R and you win, guys. It's, yeah. it, you know, but I'll say this. Shout out to Grabs. He, they, he understood that they had lost a game to Giants of all people and said, look, guys, we need to return to basics here. What's the most basic way we can play the game? Sivir and Karma. Perfect. You got speed on speed. Just run around the map, pressure out your lane, win the game. This is something that Turkish challenger teams can do. Like, I, I would expect Rocket to be able to do it. You know, that's just the level one of being a competitive team. Uh, but to be that's fair, good. folks. Chase would know all about challenger Turkish teams. That's true. I, I, you know I, make, I make these specific references for a reason. I was a coach there. Uh, but yeah, it's... Uh, it's it's rough. I'm not sure what they do outside of that that's going to work out very well. Wadid isn't doing anything that Ray's didn't do, which is concerning because Ray's did a lot of not so great things. Uh, I Max Lore is streaming been a, and he's communicating with fans. That's true. And and look, shout he's out very to Wadid. personable. He's got a a great sense of humor about the whole he's, thing. He's this year's Mighty Bear. That's really not helping, man. I I don't I don't think I deserved that. I don't think I deserved to have my heart gut punched like that right there. I gotta cut punch you here because I can't gut punch you the other way. That's just not nice. That's totally fair. Um, Maxlor has disappointed. I think that that's something that Rocket fans are. Who who won that trade between Giants? Giants won. Okay. Giants won easy, and I don't know how because Memento has stolen four Barons in two weeks. He's only played three series, and. I don't know where this is coming from because he didn't do crap on Rocket. Like, did you see this potential? I certainly didn't. I I would never have defined Memento by his playmaking capabilities. To be fair, I didn't think Rocket would be here this split either. So, oh, God, it is just. I mean, I you trust the process. Trust the process. Maybe team fights get better. I hate everything about this and. Fnatic has got to look at this as a as a win that they a, a must win in order to keep pace in Group A, and I think they're going to take care of business. What what do, what do you think the line is? Let's end your your suffering. I have Fnatic at minus three thirty three. It's just probably too low. Yeah, guess what? I had uh, Fnatic at minus four hundred, and Rocket lets you down once again. You don't get the sweep this week. It's Fnatic minus five hundred. That's fair. No sweep. I stave it off. So, so that's Chase. Rock at plus 330 then, right? Yeah. Yeah, no. Stay away. No, there's no... There's, once again, it's the last day of games of uh, of the week for Europe that they just say, eh, let's throw our two they're blowouts competing, here. They're competing against NA. Like, 
It's fair. I understand it. Uh, so, 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 what are our smart money bets going to be? Uh, well, I think that we would be silly to not take uh, Fnatic over Misfits. Okay. I think that that has to happen. Okay. I agree. Do you want a two-team tease that with Unicorns of Love over Splice? Oh, are we doing a teaser? We could do what, a teaser. What, what are the odds if we tease this? Let me, let me take a look right now. The odds if we tease it. Plus 250. Ooh, I like that a lot. I like that a lot, too. Yeah, let's do it. Wanna, look at, because be- we're struggling with 2-0, so let's add teasers into this. Because that's really... And by the way, we should explain for people who are newer to the pod, uh, you might be... You, we've explained most betting things, but teasers are kind of a newer concept. Uh, teasers are the idea that you bet that both things are going to happen. The two, in a two-team teaser, all three, you know, three or four, however many multi-bets you want, you can add as many different you know, conditions essentially. And the more conditions you add, obviously it's the less likely that you're going to get all of them right, but also you get more value out of it. So we are betting on two guys that otherwise are considered even bets, 50-50 shots according to the casinos, but we get plus 250 value if both of them come through. We think it's much higher odds that it's going to happen than 50-50. Yeah, we think both of those games are, I would say about 70-30 matches. I think that's safe to say. So, I, I would I would say that unicorns versus splice might be like 60 40 65 35 like it's yeah, closer it, but mileage uh depending uh on how much you really enjoy uh what misfits did last week that's really what it comes down or how much you to hound on splice I should say yeah uh, coming back honestly uh, both. from what they did yeah both I mean but I think those are both fine and I think uh h2k getting the two over vitality. Uh, is yeah. also a good bet. And I think those are the two we're going to stick to. I, and I'm not we'll going to force anything. Europe on Friday. Games. There we go. No reason to watch the other three games because there is, there is no value to be had if you're a degenerate gambler like Chase and myself. After that first series on Friday, you're all done. Go and enjoy North America. The games are a lot better. That's right. I said it. Oh, man. I, uh, con- controversial opinion there. And you know what? You know what else I'm going to say? That's been a podcast. And Chase is just a guy from Georgia. And if you want to talk to either of us, I'm the champ. I'm the guy that runs the place. I'm the John Cena of this podcast. You can follow me at C80s underscore LOL. Chase, George boy, where can they find you? Look, I'm an Atlanta boy this week because I got my Falcons going to the Super Bowl. We're rising up. We're in brotherhood together. Uh, so you guys can uh, can follow me uh, and, and celebrate uh, that side of things and just talk about a whole bunch of, you know, European League of Legends, anything you liked from this particular episode, at RedShirtKing. And also, shout out to DeathStar uh, underscore LOL on Twitter. Uh, the only guy I know who freaks out as he watches live as much as I do. Um, and also for the... Uh, I, I brought up a comment about uh about you messing with me when it comes to rock at things and he said quote he trolls you every time i watch your podcasts which i just i mean he understands what this podcast is about and i appreciate that so shout out to you dead start i have to make you miserable about rock and i have to make you miserable about one more thing i can't remember if it was edelman or if it was hogan but when asked who would win in a fight between a patriot and a falcon his response was well we have muskets don't we Until next week, goodbye, Internet. Hey there, C80's here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash roughdraftspod. 
For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming, or join our VIP club, where a dollar a show, or eight bucks a month, gets you first priority on all patron content, like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at RoughDraftsPod, Facebook.com backslash Rough Drafts Pod, SoundCloud.com backslash Esports Rough Drafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.